Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on February the 27th, 2024. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, building a paper airplane. Caffeine Rage. On today's episode, we will we will be going over the February Game Club, a bird story. We'll tell you about the next game club. SteamWorld build underperformed, says publisher Thunderful. Twisted Metal Game reportedly cancelled by Sony amid mass layoffs. And Nintendo takes Switch emulator Yuzu to court. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. What's shaking, Bacon? Uh, not much. Not that you don't know already, right? Right. Not that we haven't been talking for 45, 50 minutes, almost yeah, an I'm, hour. Yeah, I'm enjoying my heating pad. A uh, little bit of a uh, sore back. Spelling a menthol. Right. Right. Good times all around then. That's, that's yeah, what I'm hearing. my back a little bit. <laughs> Although not hurting as much as I expected to. So there is that. Which is good. Pain sucks, but if it's less than you thought it would be, or should be, then good job. Hmm. Oh, excuse me. That one snuck up on me. Um, anyways. Uh, yeah. Let's, you want to just go ahead and dive into our, our game club this month? Yeah, yeah, let's go ahead and dive in. So game club is the time of uh, the month where we intentionally play the game at the, the same game at the same time because we have some diverse tastes, and game club is also a chance to discover something a little bit different sometimes. Indeed. And this month we played a burb story. Indeed. Indeed. A uh, intentionally story. picking a short game for the month of February because originally you were going to be gone, but yeah, life changed, but yeah. Yep, it still worked out. It still worked out. I mean, honestly, like, I, I'm, I wish that there were more short games, and I know that there are more short games than I play, but I kind of have two modes for gaming. Either I'm going to, like, hyper-focus on it, fixate on it for weeks, potentially months, um, and then drop it for ever or for long periods of time. Or I want it to be a little something that I can like bite into in one setting or one afternoon. And Bird Story f- definitely follows that. Um, yeah, I I kind of have three modes. I have uh, uh, the hyperfixation. <laughs> I have yeah, you know, a quick uh, in and out. But also I have like the background game. I have a few of them for that, like the hunter. Uh, Stove Runner, I still uh, dive into from time to time. Uh, Vampire Survivors is a, a little of both. So yeah, I have a few that you know I do ch- uh, check out from time to time and have as kind of the background as well. Yeah, and uh, Bird Story definitely uh, goes into the you know small bite. Yeah, Bird Story. For for anyone who doesn't know, Bird Story is a decent amount like a decent age at this point like what is it 10 years old is it that old let's look when did bird story release 2014 november 7th 2014 so coming up on 10 years for bird Mm -hmm. story and bird story is the sequel not really kind of in between like Uh, the 
Well, the the store page has it as a, an experimental game. Yes, but it's <clears throat> when you go look at the wiki for the game, um there's a quote from the dev saying it's like to the moon 1.5 cuz it's in that same sort of like so it, w- there there are two sequels like two full sequels to to the moon which kind of follows the that same story idea of like we're going to go into somebody's dreams and like do something and like change it before that they die you know have mm-hmm. them feel like they fulfilled their life's wish before they died and the kid that you play in a bird story is the next one in that line yeah. um which that game is called finding paradise so yeah, finding so paradise this is essentially a uh, prologue to finding paradise yes yes indeed um which i do want to play finding paradise now and imposter factory which imposter factory is their most recent one which came out in 2021 i don't know if they're still developing games um but you know I, I, we loved To the Moon when we played it several years ago. Yeah. And, uh, except know. for one portion of it that I think we both kind of, uh, looks like, uh, they have something on Kickstarter or had something on Kickstarter, uh, a card game for To the Moon. Oh, interesting. But, yes, but by and large, we really liked To the Moon. Um, broadly speaking, I liked, uh, a bird story, and so a bird story was okay, but it was also kind of weird that it feels like it, it, I had this feeling of an hour long game that was too long, and I think that's partially just because it is a very hands off experience for long po- uh, portions. I, I would say a good half the time you're just sitting watching, uh, yeah, essentially. The cutscenes. Yeah, to 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 for starters, to call Bird Story a game. Yeah, the the tag it, experimental it, game is much more. Yeah, in line, it has some very bare bones mechanics where you walk around and interact with things in certain scenes, and then there's occasionally like uh, with the bread whenever you use the. The, the directional buttons, you know, you push two at once to rip the bread mm-hmm. vertically and then yeah. another two to rip it horizontally. Like, But that's like, that happens once. And there's a couple other times where the, you, you know, are pressing keys and it's representing something um, like the end when you release the bird. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, that like, I didn't realize that it was from 2014, but thinking about the, like, I, I knew that this game was old and thinking about this compared to this small niche genre of this type of game that has developed particularly on mobile devices over the last few years, last five years maybe, I can see some people playing this game and being inspired to do something with these sort of very small, very short, like story, you know, experimental story type games. I'm not saying that this is like worth giving it like, you know, an A plus plus or whatever. But having played some of these games myself, I can kind of see like, okay, well, this makes me think of, you know, some some games I've played on mobile where that, you know, you're using the touch screen as as part of the way to interact with and tell the story without dialogue. Um, 
I'm drawing a blank on the name of the game because it's been years since I played it. But there was a mobile game I played several years ago and talked about on the show where that you're playing the story of two people's romance and you're using the touchscreen to interact with some pseudo puzzles where that, you know, there's no dialogue, but the actual like tension within the puzzle itself is like it's telling the story. And the whole thing takes like 30 or 45 minutes to do. So even uh, short now that it's bugging me because I, you went on and on about it. Yeah, I know. Um, but you know, my point is, is that like, I could like believe that like, Oh, those people saw a bird story, you know, and, and got the idea for like making their own little experimental storytelling experience game or whatever. Um, so not enough to give bird story, like an a plus plus plus, but it's like thinking about like to, to, to talk, to go to a different, um, medium. Yes. Florence. Thank you. But to, you know, to go to another medium to like maybe more succinctly give this example, like Die Hard, right? In in films, Die Hard did so many things that have been copied by future films that to go back and watch Die Hard from the perspective of like, like if you saw a whole bunch of other movies and then you go back and watch Die Hard, you're like, oh, this is weird. All these other movies like did this more or better. And it's like, well, yeah, but it started with Die Hard. That's kind of like where I think that maybe a little bit that's where this is coming from because it's 10 years old. Yeah. You know, we have seen this done better now, but at the time it was very new and different and interesting. But well, also it was a very cheap game to begin with. And that's kind of why I'm giving it a lot of slack as well is that it was meant to be an experiment and I'm pretty sure it's been thrown into so many bundles at this point, right? Yeah. That I don't hate it, but I didn't feel myself drawn in until, you know, like the halfway point. Yeah. I think I got invested. Okay. Well, actually, to to rewind just a second, Bird Story took me about an hour and a half to get through. I'm not exactly sure. I started playing it at four. And when I checked the clock when I was done, it was about, you know, 545. So hour and a half smidge longer maybe um well i know. played it in actually two sessions because i had to uh, go eat dinner you know yeah or go make dinner and then eat so i was playing on the steam deck so i just suspended and then could resume later on yeah i did one one sitting but anyways um so it's it's a very short game and it tells the story of a, of a little boy and it utilizes its music um a few gaming elements, you know, that we've mentioned, like the the few sort of control elements and, and icons. And icons. Um, it uses its the actual sort of what your expectations of interacting with objects in games to be uh, through its art style as well. To tell this sort of fanciful story about a little boy who's disconnected from the world around him. And this is like my interpretation. None of this is explicitly laid out. So this is 100% my interpretation. Tells the story of a little boy who is disconnected from the world for some reason. It's not said. He seems to be very imaginative, very, you know, kind of like a, a dreamer kind of head in the clouds kind of kid. Like a latchkey kid. I mean, you never see the kid's parents at all. And there's uh, several times where... Uh, going to school, he'll find a note, you know, from yeah. presumably his parent, uh, a parent or parents. 
yeah which was which was the which i was about to say like you know there's, there's that aspect and i think the implication is that it's a single parent home um although that is strictly an inference that i'm making but anyway so this kid who's very disconnected finds a bird who's being attacked by i think that's a weasel i thought it was a honey badger oh maybe it was a, i don't or, or some sort of a badger i don't i don't fucking know he saves this bird the bird gets injured and he takes care of the bird for some amount of time the game doesn't really say and there are a number of days that pass in game but there's a kind of a montage a montage yeah and so it's unclear how much time passes i'm guessing a week maybe two weeks tops in this kid's life i would go more uh towards like a month (laughs) really uh uh, just because it uh looked like a uh wing injury which could take a while to heal yeah okay fair enough um i've never cared for birds so i was i didn't know how i haven't either but but i'm imagining you know some sort of uh, injury like that would take a while to heal up. Yeah. But, so he's got this bird that he's not supposed to have, and he gets discovered. Like, he, initially he takes it to the vet, and then it seems like the vet is gonna cage the bird and keep it, and he takes the bird and he runs away. Um, And so, but but eventually he gets caught with the bird, and the bird gets taken away from him. This is, that's another one, that sort of fanciful scene that's you know, in his imagination, um, there's a, a storm. Um, it does some interesting stuff with the imagery. But anyways, then the, the you know, he experiences a time, again, an un- indeterminate amount of time, whether he seems pretty depressed and becomes disconnected again. But then the bird returns, and they're, they're reunited before the bird shows off uh, its mate. And then the boy sets the bird free and learns a lesson, I guess. That that part is kind of unclear, but he yeah. seems he seems content. Um, it's it's a very very straightforward, fairly generic story. But personally, I thought that it was told very well with those mm-hmm. little bits of of uh, ludology, which is you know telling the story through play, and then the music and the art style. For example, like there are only three characters in the entire thing that have like fully developed colored in distinct sprites, which is the kid, the bird, and then the bird's mate at the end of the game. Everyone else is kind of some degree of, uh, transparent. Um, and like the kids and some generic adults are, you know, very transparent or their Mm -hmm. silhouettes, the teacher and the doctor or the, the vet are a little more defined, but they're still, kind of generic nondescript sprites. So, it's uh that that's interesting, an interesting thing. The art style being sort of very fanciful. Um you get mixed scenes where you have like indoor terrain or indoor stuff mixed with outdoor textures and you walk through doors into you know the the space is not real. It's utilizing its its uh the the nature of it being a game to engage with spaces that are not real and that would be difficult if not impossible to shoot for like a movie for example um so i think those things help to convey the story elements really well and on it like i i got pretty emotional a couple of times um you know it's i didn't like have a full breakdown and cry like i have cried at other things that we've done for game club 
and I wasn't crying, but I was like pretty pretty invested at times and like feeling some things. And I don't know how much of that is my own personal experiences growing up with some of those feelings or being a dad and having conversations with my kid about stuff, how that he sometimes feels that way. I, I don't know where that comes from, you know, it, but I assume it's, you know, deeply personal connections that I have to some of the themes that are presented in the story. Um, but I, I felt like it, it, it got me hooked emotionally. Yeah. I, like I said, I started to get really invested about the halfway point <laughs> once I saw how the bird was kind of changing the uh, boy's life. How he yeah. was starting to get a little bit more popular, especially after uh, bringing the bird to show and tell. And that he didn't feel uh, like so much of a loner, but he you know, still preferred his space, you know? Yeah. Uh, but remember, I'm also a gameplay mechanic guy more than anything. So uh, there was a few times that I started to zone out whenever it was long cutscenes, which might just be a failing on my part. I don't know. Yeah, it, and also one uh, portion in like the last third of the game where you're on the giant air, uh, paper airplane so the boy imagines uh, building a giant uh, paper airplane out of the pages of a book uh, to find the bird's mate uh, and you know, find where it belongs and there was a sequence in that where you know, you're going to different, you know, islands in, like, a dreamscape. Uh, and, you know, they're trying to find the matching bird, essentially. And I missed uh, a screen transition. So I ended up spending a lot more time there than I really should have. Just because, you know, I didn't realize, oh, I needed to go one more screen to the right, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, once again... Might just been a failure on my part. I'm not sure if it just, you know, was poorly communicated, you know, where to go. And I'm not asking for, you know, John Arrow, go this way, idiot. But there are no, plenty like, of times where it does flash yeah. arrows on the screen. Yeah, that, yeah that's you, kind of go here. Yeah. It, yeah, there's plenty of times it uh, specifically does that. And like one small stealth section as well. Yeah, stealth yeah. section as in like, yeah, five seconds. Yeah, I I actually really liked that because for me I'm like okay this kid feels like because that's a very kid thing to do like you're yeah. hyper aware you're not supposed to have a pet he shows up with a pet and he thinks this guy sitting there is gonna like you know I don't know call the cops or whatever so he gets like this big red vision cone and he's reading a book or something and he looks up every once in a while but like if you're in the vision cone like as a kid you just like run away. <laughs> You just like I don't know if you got hit by the cone. I didn't but I get deliberately, hit by the cone. I deliberately walked into the cone because I wanted to see what happened. And the kid just like jumps out of the way and like he pants for a second, and then like you just get to try again. So it's like the kid is like it's playing it like the kid is way overreacting. Yeah. To to this person just sitting there, which I think is cute. Like as you know, again as as a parent with a a nine, almost ten year old, like. Kids are dramatic. They do stuff like that. They build things up in their mind to be way bigger than they actually are. Mm-hmm. And so I, I found that kind of endearing. And it's, you know, it takes 15 seconds and then it's done. I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. Instead of them making it like a recurring mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what else to say. Like, 
Uh, and and not and, because and, like it's bad. It's just short. It's so short. Well, and also it makes me wonder how it ties into the main story of uh, finding paradise. And I don't want to, you know, di- you know, really try to dive into that or find out, you know, it, you know, how it factors in there because you know it would spoil the next game in the series, right? Yeah. So outside of a simple story. It's hard to really kind of place it on, you know, what I think about this in the greater context of things. Because it's like, uh, it's like criticizing the prologue of a book without reading the rest of the book, right? Yeah. Well, well this seems uh, really short and, uh, you know, and uh, uh, very simple, but I don't see the point of it, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I will say... You know, as the the more story oriented one out of the two of us for you know for game design and stuff, this feels like a simple but effective story that makes its point, um, does it fairly succinctly, and I think overall does a a beautiful in terms of like the music and the art style and the use of ludology, um, you know, ludo narrative. I love that word. Um, I feel like it does a good job with that, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. Like, I mean, this is the length of, or really shorter, than a movie. Like, a modern, you know, blockbuster, air quotes, movie. So, I appreciate that. To me, this feels like a pretty good, like, B-plus, A-minus type of game. And, like you said, like, it's super cheap, it's in bundles all the time. Even if you don't get it bundled, it's like three bucks on its own on Steam. Um, I think you can get all all of them on Switch. I think so. It's it's yeah, and uh, playing on Steam Deck, it was literally just load up a community profile, and even though it says you know playable, yeah, it's literally just making it uh, making a bond to uh, click works. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add? Not really. I I do look forward to trying out uh, Finding Paradise. Uh, hopefully this year sometime. Yeah, we don't have all the games set, um, and surely it'll be on sale during the the next one of the next Steam sales. So maybe a little bit later in the year, mm-hmm. Finding Paradise. And like I'm going to get both of them, Finding Paradise and Imposter Factory. Um, although my, Imposter Factory seems like it's drastically different just by the blurb. The blurb for Imposter Factory is a bonkers time loop tragic comedy murder mystery thriller featuring multiple casualties and a suspicious cat from the creators of To the Moon and Finding Paradise. That seems like a drastic departure from what they've done, but maybe it's not. Who knows? Oh, Oh, is this game relevant to you? This game doesn't look like other things you've played in the past. That is so rare. (laughs) But anyways, yeah. Looks like it's using the same characters, though. The sort of the, the main characters, the, 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 the techs. So, who knows? Looking forward to it, though. Finding Paradise, yeah, Imposter like Factory. Dork Loaf for Finding Paradise was a buck ninety nine. Currently on sale at Fanatical for uh, $8.89. Okay. I just, hang on. The, I'm not sure if the bundle's one of those, uh, you know, uh, buy it, uh, and, yeah, finish up, finish it off, you know? I'm not logged into Steam on this browser. Huh. 
So it looks like in the made. <coughs> oh, sorry about that. Uh, looks like yes, there is. is just a to the moon series beach episode. The beach episode TM of to the moon finding paradise and imposter factory dot dot dot. But something's off. Okay, oh uh, that's imposter factory. No, this is something else that they've done that's not out yet, but it's, it just says it's coming soon. Get ready for a new short adventure as the SIGCORP crew takes off on an all-expenses-paid vacation to the Golden Lobster Hotel and Resort for a grand total of one day, which mm-hmm. is apparently the most the company was willing to pay for. Join familiar <laughs> faces from To the Moon, Finding Paradise, and Imposter Factory oh, in this narrative adventure filled with many games of varying elements, mysteries, and relaxation, as well as... Wait, most of the characters here should already be dead? Okay, I guess that's the twist that they give away in the blurb. I reckon we would need to, uh, yeah, play the others. And possibly replay To the Moon at this point. I've played through, played To the Moon two, three times at this point. I mean, certainly a replay wouldn't hurt, but I, I think I more or less remember the story. All right, anyways, uh, I already asked, but... Uh, did any anything else to add? I do not have anything else to uh, add. No. Okay. So yeah, from me, solid B plus to A minus range. I, I would um, so I would say B, uh, maybe B minus. Okay. Which I feel like that checks out as me, the more story oriented person, mm-hmm. uh, giving it a, a higher rating. Yeah, I have a fi- I have a feeling the next one's going to be more mod jam though. <laughs> I guess uh, we'll for, f- for for gameplay mechanics, uh, being the next game club game or the next in the series, uh, next game club game, right? And the excellent segue uh, that I'm ruining by calling out. It's been a while since I've done that. Uh, yes, our next game club ga- game game club game club game for March. Oh, the first accent's coming out already. Is a game called Jusson. Uh It's a oh. French word. <laughs> Um, or Jusant, which is the American bastardized pronunciation that I saw that was like the second pronunciation. But yes, this French word is, uh, a puzzle game. Let's see. Enjoy meditative vibes in Jusant, an action puzzle climbing game. Scale an immeasurably tall tower and ascend to new heights alongside your watery companion. Master your climbing tools, find your way up through diverse biomes, and piece together the tower's path. Uh, this one is available on Game Pass, so any of our Game Pass people can just install and play. Um, I guess if you really wanted to buy it, you can do so on Steam. I don't know what it costs. Let's look this up real quick. Well, it's twenty-five percent off right now. Uh, it's eighteen seventy-four. Yep. Normally priced at twenty-four ninety-nine. I'm either going to love or hate this game, and I'm not sure which. Yep. Well, that's kind of the fun of it. Uh, looking at. Uh, the climbing mechanics it reminds me of like grow home and go home. Yeah, uh, a couple I did ages ago uh, about a robot that is, essentially grows a tower out of uh, vines. And for anyone who's wondering, like, well, why the hell would I play, play this? Like, this just, just sounds like some random game. This is made by Don't Not, the people who have done Life is Strange, Vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, Life is Strange is what I most know them for, or that sort of series. Mm-hmm. Life is Strange 1, 2, Tell Me Why, 
And um, this is what I'm about to play. Tell me why at some point. Yeah, me too. And I need to play Life is Strange too. And I've been saving both of uh, Life is Strange too. And tell me why uh, for Game Club. Good Game Club games. Yeah, we should we should throw those into the next discussion that we have. But um, yeah, that is that is who uh, has made Jusal. So, uh, in case you're you pop, I did. I popped my lips. I did do that thing where you're like, I feel dirty, more so than usual when I'm talking to you. Do you not like that sound? Uh, I'm not a fan of it, but uh, yeah, I don't hate it. That makes yeah. any sense. I, I just I felt strangely compelled to do so after saying "juice all." Sort of like yeah. I, I'm compelled to go. Exactly. So yeah, for the March Game Club, uh, and March is a four week. One, two, three, four. Yeah, four week month um, for Game Club. So, all right. Well, let's let's move on to do the news. Woo! Uh, our first news topic of the night: Steam World build underperformed, says publisher Thunderful. I mean, let's be honest. The only reason why we're talking about this is just because you know we had it recently in Game Club. Yeah. So. This is kind of uh, echoing what we were feeling about it is that, you know, it just didn't hit the notes that uh, the the developer originally was going for. Yeah. And they were semi-blaming the genre, which feels weird until you go with the idea that the SteamWorld games sell really well on Switch. And at one point during Game Club, I did try playing this through remote play uh, to my deck, and the controls were horrible. <laughs> so yeah. I pretty much... That's a bump the microphone. I pretty much immediately abandoned the idea, and just would uh, play on... Uh, there's the on uh, Directly on the computer uh, when I was at it. It just did not feel like it translated well. And that's partly due to the genre, but I also feel that the game is simple enough that you can make it work as a console focus game. But the thing is that I, I think that I think they're looking for a scapegoat here. And they're not willing to admit that the game was a little weak sauce. Yeah. As the kids these days say. It was a little mid. Sus. Yep. Riz. <laughs> nope, not Riz. It didn't. The game didn't have any Riz. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I, I, mean, I think I, 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 I still think the problem with the game was that it never really offered much of a challenge outside of waiting. You know, yeah. if you were patient enough, you could really get a lot way with a lot of poor design choices on the town side. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Because, um, you know, broadly speaking, our thoughts on it were like, yeah, it was okay. Seems a little lackluster, a little like it's lacking something, but it's not awful. And that's fine, I think, on, on PC, where that this type of game works better, plays better, has got better reception. But, you know, games like this really struggle on console in general. Um, any type of, of sim like this or management game like this or city builders like because even if you have a great game 
with you know stellar performance otherwise they are more difficult to control this type of game with the controller um and so you know and also the problem is that yeah you can't rely on the touch screen because uh, even though their target audience is the switch you know if you're playing in docked you know tv mode you don't have access to it yeah but i think you're right i think this this is more of a scapegoat or an excuse I do think it is part of the issue, but it's more of a symptom rather than a root cause of the problem. Yeah, this had an option, an opportunity to really draw in people that aren't invested in Steam World because uh, there's like a uh, there's a fair number of city builders now, and there's a few town builders, but the town builders tend to build. Um, more of like almost like a town painter, and this had a th- this had a little bit of an idea of a town, uh, you know, painting, you know, you know, building a town of you know, whatever, right? Along with uh, uh, supply chains, along with uh, you know, dungeon keeper esque management, there, it just felt like it had its fingers in too many pies to really know what it was wanting to do. Yeah. And it ended up just not doing any of them exceptionally well. And to be clear, you can remix game genres, you can remix like whatever, but yeah. the more disparate things you throw at something, the the more you have to, I think, be careful to watch it <clears throat> for not to become a disjointed mess or, you know, kind of a weird mishmash. Well, it also didn't help that they didn't really offer much of a challenge on what was going on. Because, yeah. Town Builder was, you know, once you've found out, well, I can move things uh, freely around. I started reorganizing my town into like districts where, you know, the uh, workers, uh, 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 let's just go tier one to tier four. Uh, Tier one would be fully uh, supplied. And then if I needed to, upgrade one, I would upgrade it one and then move the entire building to the next uh, district, essentially. Which yeah. that which is kind of a boring way to do a town builder. And don't get me wrong, there's ways to do it like that, but they were so focused on... I think their main uh, focus was the Dungeon Keeper element, but even the Dungeon Keeper element, it, it never felt like I was really like in danger. Yeah, and, you know, going down to tier three and tier four, where, uh, you know, down to the depths where, you know, ooh, uh, uh, the uh, unmentionable horrors lie, especially in Steam World. But you know, they just wreck my stuff, and you know, I wait for you know someone to show up and re- repair it. Yeah, you know, once again, it was a waiting game. I-, I think that they are wanting to not admit that they made a poor game, and I do believe that they actually canceled or postponed their next game uh let's see now i'm wanting to ch- uh, check myself on this because there was a uh a, a story uh, like two weeks ago about them uh, uh delaying or possibly uh, abandoning the next steam world game mm-hmm. I'm, I'm double checking myself I gotta find the proper name for it because it was kind of a generic name as well. I don't know where to go. It was like a shooter. 
a third person co op uh, co op action adventure. Yeah, there was some rumors going around that Headhunter may have been canceled. Uh, SteamWorld uh, Headhunter might have been canceled by publisher Thunderful Groove. The third person action adventure SteamWorld game was announced in November 2021 and was listed for a 2024 uh, second half release. But the game is no longer listed uh, in the release slate. So, yeah, I mean, it's sad that one bad game could just kind of de- demolish the developer these days. Especially, you know, owned by, you know, a publisher, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be a 3D sequel to SteamWorld Dig 2, so a direct sequel to one of their more popular games. Um, uh, Any thoughts? I don't think I have any more thoughts. Um... Other than thinking about this, I should play more SteamWorld games. I would. Uh, what ones have you played? Uh, well, SteamWorld Build, obviously, and then oh, I'll have to pull up the list. Steam. I don't know if I have any of them on Steam. I know I've played at least two of them. Haven't there been some that released on like DS or 3DS or? Yeah, but they uh, have seen multiple uh, releases. All right, let's see. <clears throat> so, SteamWorld Build, obviously. SteamWorld... SteamWorld Tower Defense is the first one. It's on DSR. Uh, I've played... SteamWorld Dig is 3DS, Windows, Mac OS, and Linux. I've played SteamWorld Heist. That's the one I've played. I didn't get super far in it, but I have played it. Yeah, I have, uh, same. I've played SteamWorld and beaten SteamWorld Dig 1 and 2. I think I have uh, SteamWorld Quest. SteamWorld Dig I really enjoyed, though. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Metroidvania-style games. Oh, the thing is that it... it Metroidvania is a broad genre, and looking back at it after playing it for quite a while, I would say it's not really Metroidvania. I mean, you do constantly get upgrades, but you're not backtracking. Or... Intentionally backtracking, I should say, to progress. You may go back for uh, some resources, but it's a fairly steady progression downward, if memory serves correctly. And there's also essentially fast travel to uh, locations near where your essentially front line is. Yeah. I would not call it Metroidvania. Okay. Just a lot of the stuff that I've seen like calls it a Metroidvania-style game. It's not like, you know, uh, Shattered, or, or, or uh, no, not Shattered Night, but, uh, yeah, it's not the traditional Metroidvania. All right, in fact, let's see, uh, it does have the Metroidvania tag on Steam. I feel that's a little disingenuous. But then again, yeah, Steam, uh, yeah, the tags on Steam are sometimes a little loose. Yeah. I think I have Steam World Quest on itch.io. Uh, I know I have it somewhere. I do absolutely love the art style for SteamWorld. It's hard to argue that one, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, Next news topic? Yeah, next news topic. All right. Twisted Metal Game reportedly canceled by Sony amid mass layoffs. Yeah, so the monkey paw, right? Yay, we got a a death of a live service game. Uh, Oh, no, right? Yeah. Uh. So according to Bloomberg's Jason Schreier, which in the gaming industry is a well-known, extremely reputable uh, 
you know, sort of deep dive James James games journalist. Yes, probably probably the most, to my knowledge, like well known legitimate journalist participating in the games industry. If that makes sense, like mm. there are others that are doing that work, but they are fewer and farther between. I think than a lot of even a lot of other entertainment industries. So Jason Schreier, he's one of like the big names. Like I really hope that there's not like some scandal that's going to come out about him at some point. Cause it's like people like this sometimes, maybe even so often really like, you know, find out something about them, but I'm getting horribly off topic. Jason Schreier, um, investigating Sony's, you know, well, I do an investigation on general layoffs in the games industry. Uh, Reports that uh, Sony canceled a Twisted Metal live service game that was in development. It was in early stages of development, so it it wasn't super far along yet. Mm -hmm. But Twisted Metal has had a bit of a revival recently with the Twisted Metal TV show. Um, Well, I say TV show. That's a misnomer. It was a a show. um, I think it was six episodes. Maybe it was eight episodes. It was on some streaming service somewhere. I've seen some trailers uh and like clips from the show like they got some big name actors um even uh the actor who plays um falcon mm-hmm. in the marvel cinematic universe as one of the main characters that was he was probably their like headliner in terms of recognizability but there were some bigger actors in it it looks good i mean it's tw- it's a show based around twisted metal so it's not like it's going for like cinematic uh, gold. Nobody's gonna win an Emmy for this, probably, or uh, an Oscar. But you know, it's solid, like twisted metal. You know, as a show content. So had a bit a little, little bit of a resurgence. There's been a a, a bump and um, some, or er, er, sorry, there there was some stuff going around about them having a uh, a uh, remaster of some of the older games that people were really interested in recently. So I think the only reason that this game is getting canceled is because it's a live service and Mm -hmm. fucking finally these major corporations are like, huh, everything can't be a persistent online live service because there's fatigue and burnout and people only have so much money anyways. So that's just my, my, uh, really feel. I like twisted metal. I have always liked, Twisted Metal. I never really got to play it back in the day. I I, I really should go uh, uh, try it out. You know, legitimately, of course, it definitely on some sort of uh, emulation device. Yeah, yeah. I have I have always uh, enjoyed Twisted Metal. Oh, okay, here's one for you for a newbie. Who would uh, which uh, game would you suggest trying out? Oh Jesus, they're all so old at this point. Even the newer ones are like. Coming up on a decade old. Um, Twisted Metal. I'm looking up the games on Wikipedia. I I played Twisted Metal 2 first. And then I went back and I played Twisted Metal 1. And then I played Twisted Metal 3. Um, probably the Twisted Metal sort of reboot... Um, from 2012 on PS3. Mm-hmm. It's just called Twisted Metal. Um, which I, I believe, like, that is the newest mainline game, I believe. But, uh, yeah, don't don't try and get invested in or understand the story. 
because there there is one. There's like a really weird, complicated lore about this game series. Um, it feels very much tacked on after the fact of like, oh, we wanted to make this like wacky car combat game, and it was successful, so let's give it some lore. So don't don't worry about trying to get invested and follow that. But uh, yeah, I would I would just just play the reboot Twisted Metal. And then if you really like it, you can go back and try some of the other games. Twisted Metal 2 and 3 are probably the ones that are the most liked by people um, for sort of, like, nostalgia and, like, the series was in its prime kind of things. But they're just so old, I have no idea if they would hold up to a modern gameplay experience and be enjoyable. Might be an interesting one for Game Club as well, you know? Yeah. Because we do have a precedent for doing emulation. Not that we would steal a game, of course, to do it. No, of course not. We'd be mailing the game back and forth. Absolutely. Because you totally have a copyright. I know you're being facetious, but I might. <laughs> I've got, like, a, a box with some old games in it that, you know, I intend to one day make, like, a, a shadow box or some kind of display of. Twisted Metal might be in there, but that's uh, uh, an adventure for another day. I don't, I don't think I have anything else to add. We both, or you said this would probably be a short one. It's like, maybe some companies are finally recognizing everything can't be a live fucking service. Or, yeah, some, uh, uh, yeah, focus group was like, Twisted Metal, what's that? <laughs> that also could be a possibility. Be a possibility. Right? Yeah. But, uh, because, yeah. Like you said, the uh, latest game was 10 years ago. 2012, so, so longer yeah. than that. So, I guess I'll have to just uh, uh, wait for like uh, uh, the Nathan Drake live service game, right? <laughs> yep. There you go. All right. Our final news topic of the night Nintendo takes the Switch emulator Yuzu to court. Oh, boy, right? Nintendo doing Nintendo things. Yeah, so the big thing for this is Nintendo is going after them specifically for a few instances. One, a large uh, spike in their Patreon uh, donations around Tears of the Kingdom launching, that the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and a lot of yeah, gameplay getting leaked online of that game before it released, because, right, mostly through the emulator, as well as, you know, just every time Nintendo has a big uh, you know, game release, the, the, here we are with, uh, you know, yeah, emulator, uh, emulated content, right? And it yeah. feels weird that have a current-gen console, and yes, yes, I know, I know, Ha ha ha, that Switch current gen. Uh, having a current gen console with an active emulator, right? And an emulator strong enough that's actually playable, right? Yeah. Um, you can't see me. Nobody can see me. I'm like fl- flailing my arms around like... I don't know yeah, how do to feel about like this. Server? Probably. <laughs> I mean, on one hand... Nintendo is horrendous about game preservation. They uh, now, now don't get me wrong. Nintendo loves to lean on their old properties, 
you know, they're going to milk Mario until he is dead, and then we'll probably get a couple more games uh, out of the corpse, you know? Absolutely. But, but at the same time, if it's not one of their main games, uh, just recently, uh, the Mother series uh, re- uh, was announced to come to Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, the Mother 3 having an English translation, but it's releasing only in Japan. <laughs> because fuck you, right? Of course. Nintendo is terrible about having games being you know actually accessible. They've released games as a very, very time-limited thing. Even their big series, they've done this. Uh, Mario has had two main game or two major game releases that I can think of off the top of my head that were time limited. Mario Thirty Five, which was just for the thirty fifth anniversary of Mario, and was pulled down, and the Mario Three D Classics Collection, I think it was, that had Mario Sixty Four, Mario Sunshine, and I think it was Mario Galaxy. The only way to get that now is uh, getting a used physical copy you don't have the option to get digital copies anymore and that's and that's not even counting you know like the entire you know old 3ds shop being shut down the old wii shop being shut down the wii u shop being shut down and all the old stuff there nintendo is very bad about preserving stuff and emulators are a way for games to live on past their console generation you know yeah, there's there's only going to be so many you know consoles out there. There's only going to be so many switches out there. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of switches out there. However, there is a finite pool. Yeah, and over time, things are going to get more expensive, and it's going to go the same way that the you know the and, and the Nintendo Entertainment System uh, was back in the day. Uh, good luck getting one nowadays because of the retro gaming market. It's going to be not as severe, I don't think, for, for the Switch, unless you know the Switch has like some sort of major mechanical fault. Not counting the Joy-Cons, or we're skipping the Joy-Con drift uh, that causes the system to die. You know, like you know, ten, fifteen years, sort of like the uh, uh, the original Game Boy. It has a big problem with screen rot in uh, tropical environments. Uh, basically, any country that has a, a high amount of humidity. Like, let's pick one almost at random. Japan. Uh, Japanese Game Boys are notorious. Uh, and I'm talking about the old Game Boys. I'm talking about, you know, you know, gray brick of death. Turns out humidity just killed them. They're well known for having screen rot and just, you know, the phosphorus in aside, or whatever uh, LCD is going on, uh, eventually just, and I shouldn't say phosphorus, it's not, that's not the proper term, uh, whatever LCD technology they're using, uh, humidity eventually works its way in there and just causes the screen to start malfunctioning over time and just causing uh, lines of uh, uh, the uh, uh, pixels to just stop working. So getting a Japanese Game Boy is getting, uh, old Game Boy is getting harder and harder. Thankfully, Nintendo was a little bit better back in the day and did a lot of backwards compatibility. But it's the yeah you know, the point still exists, right? Yeah. So ultimately, I'm in two minds about this. 
but one of them is a much stronger mind than the other one. On the one hand, I see Nintendo's point. Like, I actually do. Lots of times I think Nintendo is, like, just doing Nintendo things. They're dumbass, bullshit, backwards-ass views on... Well, well, well it's what's well, the Japanese uh, mindset. And I, I know that, that can be... Sound, that sounds incredibly racist out of, <laughs> out of uh, context. But there's a certain old guard uh, in the Japanese uh, business culture. Uh, yeah. And they're very set in their ways. For as mind-blowingly technologically advanced that Japanese uh, that the Japanese can be, they're also extremely conservative. Yeah, extremely socially conservative. But, you know, like, lots of times, I, you know, I, I think of it as, like, whatever decision they're making is just based around that. I can see their point, but also, number one, fuck them. Like, steal. Just steal. Just pirate from these companies. They don't they don't need your money. They're greedy. That's that's the main mind, like the the stronger mindset. But and and like all of the stuff that you just pointed out about game preservation and Nintendo's history of making it at best difficult, but frequently impossible to legally acquire something down the road. Like fuck them. Just steal it now. Just go ahead. Fight me, Nintendo. <laughs> me specifically. Leave leave my my partner. In not crimes out of this. He specifically did not commit any goblin crimes. It was just me. <laughs> that, that they know of, at least. And, and like I said, it's just a, a kind of also a weird position where, you know, having Emilia with an active uh, you know, release schedule still. Because PlayStation, I think the PlayStation 4 emulator is getting work on now. 3 is... Uh, if you have enough you know, horsepower, it could, it could work. But yeah, it's just wild. That's another issue, actually. Like, and and Switch has had this problem since day one. It's not even a well. The console's getting a little long, you know, a little long in the tooth. Like it's struggling. Like Nintendo games just play better on non-Nintendo hardware at this point. Well, at least their 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 Switch titles, like they're non. Well, even some of their first-party Switch titles just uh, play Pokemon. better when you emulate them. Uh, Pokemon has a horrible at the time. Uh, I hadn't really done multiplayer stuff. Uh, and that's where the latest mainline Pokemon se- uh, game just uh, struggles. I'm playing with just Adida. Yeah, two people out of uh, possible four. And the game just noticeably chugs. And we're not yeah. even doing anything crazy. I'm just going around the map. But because the game, the, yeah, the console is having to yeah, service two people, right? Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's not even just the console. Yeah, we're, we're linked with separate consoles. It, it, it's crazy. Time and uh, time I, again. I, time I, and time I, again. Oh, okay, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, no, I still think that. Uh, there was rumors going around about a uh, essentially a Switch Pro that eventually became the Switch OLED. I do think COVID killed what could have been a lifeline to the Switch's uh, lifespan in having essentially a Pro version. Because remember, for a while, microchips were just outrageous. Mm-hmm. So I think the it, assuming that you know th- there was ever the possibility of it. There are so many games for, uh, for the Switch that just 
needs more horsepower than the Switch can provide. It's what five, six years old now. Yeah, and it a portable in device. Twenty? Did it release in twenty seventeen? Twenty eighteen. When did the Switch release? Switch release date. 2017. 2017. So, uh, six years. I mean, no, March, March. Seven years, yeah. Seven years old. Yeah, So seven years old next uh, Sunday. So, t- piracy, time and time again, primarily is a service issue. Thank you, and every- Yeah, and everyone always thinks of that as, I-, I think, meaning just, like, ease of access. And that's part of it. But... If I can, for free, get a better experience by putting in just a little effort and getting a program and emulating your games versus paying you for it to cut out that bit of work, like, why would I pay you? I can get what you're selling better for free. Like, fix your shit, and that'll fix a bunch of this problem. But also, that's also ignoring one other problem with this is that they were complaining about you know a million some uh, you know yeah, people playing uh, uh, Tears of the Kingdom before release. Are those yeah. really lost sales, or are those just people trying out the game before they buy it, or even have a pre-order and they couldn't wait? You know? Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's uh, it's, it, 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 it's a fallacy to think every single person that plays a emulated game is a lost sale. <laughs> If, yeah. uh, every time somebody plays a pirated game, it's not necessarily a lost sale. It could just be trying it out. It could be you know, you know, uh, someone that has a vague idea of what The Legend of Zelda is and had heard about Tears of the Kingdom maybe from an ad or something. And yeah, you know, uh, their friend hooked them up with a, you know, a device that can play it. Because the Switch actually doesn't take a lot of horsepower to emulate. Yeah. It usually is not the worst problem Switch has right now, anyway. Or have you heard about this one? Uh, th- there's a. Uh, is it the Switch emulation like cart? Yeah. Or card? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's a uh, uh, card that you could put a micro uh, SD card in and just load up <laughs> uh, uh, games. Now, the problem is that Switch games are. Uh, serial numbered, so if you go online, you're pretty much going to get banned instantly. But yeah, you know, th- this feels like them trying to find a scapegoat, and possibly uh, there's some scuttlebutt online about uh, the successor to the Switch that possibly they're wanting to do backwards compatibility again, and as yeah, bolstering a, yeah, a huge library because Nintendo always finds themselves in this weird problem of having a hugely successful console and no idea how to capitalize on it after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> As I accidentally bumped the mic again. Uh, uh, the Wii to the Wii U. I, I, I can't recall if there was backwards compatibility with it or not. There is. But, uh, there was? Okay. But the problem was they named it the Wii U. And even ah, which, well, that sounds like a, a dick thing to say, but I'll we'll go with it anyway. I thought it was a uh, an accessory to this uh, to the Wii for a long time. 
I can only imagine more casual audience, you know? Yeah. Uh, going from the Wii U to the GameCube. Yo, they could pretty much completely dropped uh, backwards compatibility there. And There's backwards again, compatibility between the Switch and the GameCube and between the Wii and the Wii U. But I don't know if the Wii U is backwards compatible with GameCube games. I don't know on that one. Not, Do not you with... know that the the Wii U won't play DVDs, which is a separate thing? Uh, but... No, it isn't. Okay. Although there is a homebrew application that works, that enables, <laughs> enables it. Uh, which is kind of crazy, huh? Mm-hmm. Maybe they intended to sell that to you, but the Wii U was such a failure that they abandoned it. Yeah, so there was backwards compatibility, uh, Game uh, GameCube, or Wii to GameCube, uh, Wii U to uh, Wii, and then they dropped it uh, going to the Switch. So possibly picking it back up again, and yeah, they want to go after the biggest competitor to it, which was Yuzu. Yeah. Plus, you know, uh, leaking a lot of gameplay that they that Nintendo really doesn't want to show off, which Nintendo has always been a bit of a dick when it comes to gameplay videos anyway. Oh, oh Nintendo, right? Yep. Nintendo's doing Nintendo things. Mm-hmm. So, with all that being said, hey, Rage, uh, why don't you uh, hit people up with them socials? Well, I've been Caffeine Rage. You could contact me on Blueburb, uh, uh, Gaming with CR, or you could be my friend on Steam, Caffeine Rage. And you've been? I've been me, also known as Jared. You can find me on Twitter at JMA4707. Same on Blue Sky. You can be my friend at JArthur4707 on Steam. And you can come hang out and talk to me on Discord if you want to. Just be like, what up, bitch? (laughs) And then just at me. And I'll be like, not much, skank, or hoe, or something along those lines. Lovely. Absolutely. So anyway, if you wish to contact the podcast itself, you do so vgopodcast at gmail.com. You could drop us a letter, voicemail, game-related topic. You could tweet us vgopodcast. Uh, you could drop out the Discord, which you can find a link to that over at vgopodcast.podbean.com right there at the top. Or if you wish to spread the love, you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this match possible. You can find out more about that over at patreon.com slash Podcast. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kim McLeod. You can find his work over at incomputech.com. And as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye now. See ya. Bye.